Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Seems Like Diet Culture podcast. It feels like long time no talk for me, but I know it's just been a week for you guys, and I'm so looking forward to just catching up in this episode. But before I get ahead of myself, my name is Mallory Page. I am a registered dietitian. I am also the host of this podcast, and this is a place where we cover nutrition, wellness, fitness topics, and even just kind of world events in a non-diet culture lens. So I always want you to feel as if you can leave this podcast or episode and have a better sense of how you want to incorporate something into your life or how you want to view it. Now today's topic is a little bit more fluid. It's just you and I sitting down to have a chat because when I was posting on my Instagram story doing a Q&A this week, I was getting a lot of questions about my trip that I just took to Europe and also how I felt on that trip being fully recovered versus the last time that I had went, I was not. And when I polled you guys asking if you would want a podcast episode on this because I just feel like there's so much to say, the answer was a resounding yes. So here we are. And I am really looking forward to diving into all of the different areas and intricacies of this topic with you guys on here because as I was trying to put it into words, it just felt like there was so much to say and yet so much nuance that needed to be shared along with this. And that's the first kind of disclaimer that I want to make is I don't want this to come across as unrelatable or privileged because I am talking about a vacation to Europe, which I know is something that not everybody is able to do. I mean, obviously, granted, depending on where you live, right? I know some of you guys live in Europe. So I'm just trying to make sure that it's known that I'm not trying to say this to be boastful. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. And I really do want to make this something that is applicable to any type of vacation or just your day-to-day life. And even more than anything, a motivation for deciding to heal and fully recover so that you don't have to deal with limiting mindsets around food and body image on vacation. So with that being said, I kind of want to dive into a little bit of an explanation of what the trip was like. So I went to Europe. Why did I just say it like that? Europe. (laughs) I went to Europe on a summer program in my sophomore year of, or between my sophomore year and junior year of college. So that's my second and third year for those of you that don't live in the U.S. And I went to Barcelona, Prague, and Venice. It was an absolutely incredible experience that I got to do through my school. But if you guys are familiar with my journey, you will likely know that that was also one of the times where my eating disorder was at its absolute worst. And On that trip, I was in this really weird in-between where I had let go of some of my really stringent orthorexic habits, but I was still trying to hold on to a lot of control, and the trip became this really weird type of binge-restrict cycle. So don't get me wrong, I had so much fun, and I was able to do things that I hadn't been able to do, such as take mostly a break from exercise, try all of these foods that I hadn't had, and go out and have drinks and and just all of those different things. And yet at the same time, there was a constant undertone of guilt 
and I was doing a lot of justification as to why I could do something. Oh, it's okay that I'm eating this because the foods in Europe are cleaner, quote unquote. Oh, it's okay I'm not working out because we're walking so much. Or, oh, it's okay that I have drinks because this is the only time that I'm going to be doing it. And most of the conversation around my body image was extremely negative. I just was struggling so much to like how I looked in pictures, liked how I look in the day-to-day, just really anything. So as you can probably imagine, even though I was able to do a lot of stuff that I hadn't been able to do, things were constantly on my mind about body image, food, and exercise. And so it wasn't very freeing. And without going into a whole long story, when I got back from that, I went into the worst place of my entire life and went into an extremely intense relapse. And was it wasn't because of the trip and what I did that put me into the worst place in my life. It was how I tried to rebound, quote unquote, from it, which was really a relapse, just so that I'm clear with that explanation. And I was doing extremely unhealthy and restrictive habits, the worst I had ever done. Of course, I'm not going to explain those because that would be completely counterproductive. And so even that process of coming home was a piece of the trip Oh, and preparing to go to the trip. Both of those were a piece of it that definitely deterred from the overall experience because it was so negative before and after, but especially after. And I could not come to terms with the changes that I thought my body had been through and the way that I looked and the fact that I had quote unquote done those things looking back, I feel it was all in my head, but I also had people that would comment on things and whether it was me believing that they were trying to say something about my body or it was actually them saying about something about my body, it doesn't really matter, but they got into my head, you know, stuff like, oh, well, you look so good. Like, where'd, what'd you do this summer, right? And you're trying to think to yourself, oh my gosh, are they giving me a backhanded compliment? Do they actually think I look bad, right? I'm just showing you the kind of spiral that was happening to me at the time. So that was the last time that I had done a really long vacation or trip, I should say, like that. That was six weeks overall. And of course, I've traveled from now until, or from then until now, and I recovered years ago and have had many trips where I have been recovered as well, and they've been wonderful. But I do think there's something to be said about when you are taken so far out of your comfort zone and you are on an elongated trip. I definitely have not gone on a trip over, I even think like five or so days. Uh, since that one, at least as I'm trying to remember it right now. So, and also I don't say that to be like, oh, I haven't even gone on a trip. I just mean, I think that there are different experiences. I imagine most of us can think of that, you know, it's very different when you go on a weekend trip somewhere versus when you go for multiple weeks at a time, even if it's not a trip, right? Just being brought out of your routine to any extent for whatever reason it is. And so going into this trip, it was going to be very jam-packed as well. So to give you an overview of what it looked like, we flew out on Wednesday morning, got to the airport around, I think, 
5 a.m. So we were at the airport around 5 a.m. We flew into JFK and then we went straight to Rome. It was honestly an amazing travel day. And the first thing that I thought about, actually, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me just explain how the whole trip looked. I have this constant battle with myself between wanting to share every single little detail and knowing that you guys do not want to hear every single little detail. Have you ever seen those TikToks where it talks about the person that shares the most irrelevant details to a story and it goes on for way longer than it has to? That is me. I will tell you so many things that you don't need to know, so I'm battling myself. But to give an actual overview and not go into the details, we flew out on a Wednesday morning. We got back on a Sunday afternoon and we initially flew into Rome, then went to Florence for a weekend came back to Rome for a day, flew to Switzerland for a a couple of days, then Amsterdam, and then we went into London. We are basically in each place for one full day, three days in total, except for Rome. It was incredible. And as you can imagine, but as you can imagine, it was very jam-packed, right? We were doing a lot of traveling, a lot of trains, a lot of flying and all of that stuff. And the reason why I mentioned that is not because I didn't like it. It's more because of the fact that I think when you go on some kind of trips or when you go some places, you can get into somewhat of a routine again. I know a lot of people that have gone on trips to wherever and they still have their meal prep and they have all these bars and they go buy groceries and all that type of stuff to try to maintain control or they try to make sure that they eat in. And of course, I was never going to do any of that regardless. But this even forces you into that more because you don't have the time. You know, you want to fully experience every single area to the greatest extent that you possibly can. So now to go back into more of the specifics, the first time that the differences between my last trip and this trip and what it was like being recovered really hit me was actually when we were traveling and especially on the plane. So if you've been on a plane where you're going overseas or a longer plane, they will serve you food and not just your typical snacks that you get. They will serve you actual meals. So this one, we had a meal right when we got on the plane and then we had a meal the morning when we were coming in and then also some snackies, which was wonderful. We honestly got so many good things. I actually had a flashback to when I was flying the first time for my old trip or my past trip and I had made all of these dietary recommend- or these dietary requests and I had called the airline and asked them what ingredients were in the stuff and then I had them make me a special meal and they had to deliver my meal specifically to me and then even a part of the meal there were certain things that I wouldn't eat or wouldn't have and I couldn't have a bunch of the snacks for my rules and I was also stressed the whole time about sitting on the plane and how long I was going to be sitting on the plane and not be active enough and not getting a workout. And it's just so interesting to think about how much stress something as simple as a plane ride can cause you when you have so many different rules. And even if you don't have the rules, you just have so much underlying stress around these things. And I was on the plane this time. I was just having my glass of wine and I was eating my lemon bar. I was loving the meals. They're honestly so good. Seriously, Brian got the pasta 
And um, I can't even remember what I got. Oh, no, he got the chicken. I got the pasta, like the ravioli. See, this is the detail that doesn't matter. <laughs> and it was just such a good time. And it made it so much easier to not feel like I was under that constant stress on the way there. So anyways, we land, we're in Rome, we automatically wander over to get some croissants and some lattes. And then after that, we like 30 minutes later, we're like, well, it's kind of lunchtime. We're about to go on a tour. We should eat again. And we had some delicious sandwiches from this little shop that looked like a gas station, basically. They were literally selling cigarettes on the other side, but I was like, it looks like all the locals are coming here. So we got spritz, obviously, because spritz are a pinnacle to any vacation. I don't even know how many spritz I had on this trip. Pretty much one a day, I believe. And had those sandwiches and had a cookie, or not a cookie, this really delicious pastry. Anyways, I already was just so struck by the fact that I was just it was so different. It's, there's just no concern for what time it is or how much I had eaten before, right? Because I forgot to mention, we had also just ate, eaten like an egg sandwich that they gave us before we got off the flight. And it just, it made this experience so different because of how I was able to be relaxed. And one of the things, and also all of this is coming more from reflection, right? I'm not at the point in my journey where when I'm doing something like this, I'm thinking of it as a milestone because it doesn't feel like a milestone at all. It just feels like a normal day where I'm eating normally. But as I was reflecting on it for this episode and kind of journaling on it, I was noticing all of these differences and I wanted to lay it out because I feel like many of you guys may be either at the place that I was in that first trip or in between the two things that I'm describing. So just keep that in mind as I go through this. I wasn't sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just ate a croissant. I'm not even thinking about it. I'm just trying to find a croissant, you know? I'm not thinking about having a sandwich or a spritz. I'm just ordering them because they sound good. I just was so, I didn't care. I was just along for the ride. So with all of that being said, transporting back to trip number one again, I remember having just this existential dread upon landing in Barcelona and recognizing that things were just not set up like the U.S. I know that that sounds so ridiculous because, duh, Mallory, of course they're not set up like the U.S., but I think in my mind, I had this image of Europe where I thought, oh my gosh, well, you know, everything is so quote unquote healthy and the food is so clean and it's just so different there. And if you've ever been to Europe, it's especially certain areas, Spain, um, Italy, but honestly, a lot of places, right? And I'm not, I'm no expert at all, but it's very jarring in the fact that you go sit down at a restaurant, you have to pay for water. It's lunchtime on a weekday, on a Tuesday, and everybody's drinking wine. They are smoking cigarettes. They just, they live a totally different lifestyle than we do. And also all that talk about kind of idolizing the Europe mindset and ingredients is so funny to me. Obviously, Europe is a place where they do a lot more local import of their ingredients, which therefore is more ideal. We've seen that continuously when it comes to food, that the less it has to transport, 
the more ideal it is. But I also think the biggest thing that makes Europe so much more, it makes people in Europe thrive so much more than here is honestly their reduced stress, their increased community, their balanced lifestyles, and they are people that kind of walk more often there. So anyways, to get back onto track, I was just automatically thinking about how from the first moments of the trip, if I were to sit down and compare the two, there was such a big difference. And that theme that I was describing with the flexibility with foods and just being able to go with the flow and not having a second thought about anything, that transferred throughout the entire time. And there was never, ever a point where I felt like I needed to order something different than what I wanted. I did not order a salad or anything one time. I literally existed off of bread and pasta because that's what sounded good and I was making the most of my experience in each place. Why choose the salad when you could have the freaking truffle gnocchi? That is just, it's a hate crime. I mean, seriously. And that's just such a cool thing when you recognize that you were able to just be so present and pick the things that bring you the most joy without any sort of stress or any sort of feeling like, oh, this was indulgent or next meal I need to order something differently or is it okay if I had a croissant for breakfast and a sandwich for lunch and pasta for dinner and then dessert and then drinks? Yes, it is okay. So the other cool thing, though, outside of the food that I think is the biggest thing that affects a lot of women, even if they're not worried about the food, is the body image piece. And when I was on that first trip, the body image piece, as I mentioned, was what plagued me the most. It was a constant battle. I honestly look back at some moments and just cringe at how I would talk about my body and the comments I would make even around the other people on the trip because ick about being that girl that is talking about how she feels like her body is in relation to when it started, whether it be positive or negative, if you're just talking about it at all, right? So those type of experiences just make me feel so icky. And also, as I mentioned, that translated so much into not wanting to look at pictures, not wanting to go out sometimes to go to dinner or wear certain outfits. And on this trip, it was so cool, not only how body neutral I felt as if it just wasn't a focus at all for me, but also there were times where I felt super confident and I was just so excited by the outfits that I had and putting them together and I was just feeling myself in these photos, not even because of how I looked, but just the whole vibe. I was just like, oh, this is just, I feel like this photo is just bringing to life how wonderful this moment is and I'm so glad that I can look at it and not be thinking about how I look would just be remembering this experience because who cares how I look? Seriously, who cares how I look other than me and I don't care so then no one cares. It's just about the experience itself. And now I'm not saying that it should just be that easy, okay? Because as I just explained to you, you know, I was that girl obsessing over it. But having that mindset 
is so freaking powerful. I swear I have the same amount of pictures on this trip that was 12 days or 11 days as I did my past trip that was six weeks because I had deleted so many of them, which is super sad to think about those memories lost and where I was at at that time. This is the thing that I feel like people really leave out when it comes to the conversation around healing because I know a lot of you guys may feel like you have food more quote-unquote under control or, you know, if you're on a vacation, you can go enjoy and not feel that stressed or that guilty, but maybe it's just when you come home. But the body image piece of it is one that I believe and see persist for a lot of women when they are in these type of circumstances, whether it be before, during, or after. And that's why I really want to drive this point home that not having to worry about body image things literally changes the vacation tenfold. I cannot even put into words how different it was. And I didn't know what to expect. And again, right, I've been on trips since that one years and years and years ago, but not quite of this nature. And again, as I was trying to conceptualize the differences, I can truly pinpoint how so many days I could remember the negative body image thoughts I was having. I can even go through pictures and remember how much I didn't like certain pictures or certain outfits or how I felt ugly. And there is not one photo or one day, one moment, no joke, on this trip where I could think that. Even on the last days, there were two days where I started to get really just like bloated because my period was coming on and I hadn't gone to the restroom And I still didn't feel that. It was just a plot point, you know? It was just, oh, well, I'm bloated. And it was just moving on. So that's just really cool. And I I share it to because I just wish that someone had told my past self that that was possible. I just don't think that I ever would have thought that healing and recovery was even worth it because... I didn't think that this was something that could happen. I just kind of thought that I would be eating more foods and, yeah, you know, feel a little bit less guilty and take rest days. But, you know, I was already doing that on that vacation. It didn't make that much of a difference, right? But I'm telling you that it is possible and it is quite literally life-changing. I'm not trying to be overdramatic. I really do mean that. So I think I've drove that point home enough and... The last kind of segment that I want to say is just the exercise piece. I won't go into this ad nauseum, but I just think a lot of people go to Europe and only think it's okay not to exercise because they're walking or because X, Y, and Z, and it still brings up some element of guilt or like they need to earn their food, they still need to track their steps or whatever it is. And it is just very, again, freeing, amazing to not feel any type of pressure. I mean, when I was on that first trip, yeah, I did take lots of rest, but I constantly felt at war with myself on if I should try to fit something in and, you know, everyone else is napping. Should I do this now? And just all of those really toxic thoughts. And I'm not saying that you could never do movement on a vacation 
But I do think there's a lot of people that feel like they have to because they need to earn their food. And also, even if you feel like you have to because of your mental health, that's also not healthy. I'm just being totally honest with you. We talk about this a lot in the exercise episode. Uh, I'll try to remember to link that. But just know that it does make a big difference to not even have that stuff on your mind. So those are kind of those top three areas that we always talk about when it comes to food and exercise and body image and how they affect just obviously the day-to-day, but especially these experiences that turn into memories. So I hope that as I go through that, it is motivating and maybe you see some parts of your own journey or you can kind of pinpoint where you were at on this process and you recognize that you don't want to have some of those feelings that I was explaining I had in that first trip anymore or you want to experience that complete freedom that I was explaining that I had on this trip. And to take that one step further, I think the final thing that I have to mention in terms of the differences was returning home. Wow, is that different. I mean, as I mentioned to you guys, after that first trip, I went into the darkest place I've ever been in because I was fully relapsing. And this was just like a natural integration. You know, Brian and I came back We went and we got in at like 5 p.m. The next morning, we didn't have any groceries. So we were like, let's go get breakfast tacos and lattes. So we went and got breakfast tacos and lattes. And we just talked about, you know, how fun the trip was. And yesterday, Brian made banana bread. And so I had that with cream cheese this morning for breakfast. And it's just it's just life, you know? I don't feel like there's anything that I need to focus on or that I need to get back to my routines. It's just like I was just living then and I'm living now. And there are things that I did on vacation, such as, I don't know, I'm just trying to think of things. Like there were things that I naturally fell into on vacation, maybe drinking every day, right? I don't drink every day when I'm home. That just personally doesn't work for me. But I wasn't stressed about doing that now or doing that then. And there's things I naturally fall into here. Like I'm back into my meditation routine and my journaling. But that doesn't mean that it's super intense and I don't have any desire to feel like I need to change the way that I'm eating. Obviously, I'm eating differently than I was on the vacation, right? Because I'm not going out to eat every single day and I don't have delicious pasta. (laughs) I just, I think that I get, uh, and reset. (laughs) I guess what I'm trying to say is the cool thing about having a really sustainable relationship with food and exercise and your body is that a trip doesn't have to feel like this whole separate thing that has all of this preparation or all of this you know, it doesn't have all this prep, but it also doesn't have all of this follow through after the fact. It's just, it's just something that happens and your life just kind of continues on afterwards, just as it was before. 
And to have those type of feelings for a trip that was so in-depth like this one was and so fast-paced and with so much in it, it was just really cool, honestly. It just felt like such a gift to be able to get so much joy out of life. And that is what I recognize and one of the biggest things that I teach to my clients and my goals for my clients, it's not about being able to eat the pasta or take the rest days or take the photos and be neutral about them. It's about the life that you gain. I just cannot explain how different it feels to be free versus to be trapped. It's It is almost incomprehensible when you are in that place where you're struggling to imagine that something like this is plausible. But I hope that this story reminds you that it is and that I was the person that truly did not believe it could get better, did not believe this was possible, thought I wasn't sick enough, but I also was the exception and it also wasn't even worth my time or my energy or my money or anything And yet now I can see with replicating something similar, not only how worth it it was, but also how big of a change it actually is between two comparable experiences. So I know that this episode was a little bit different than my usual episode because we weren't quite going through a topic, but I just feel like so passionate about this. It was just so cool. And I hope that you guys or whoever is listening to this, that it felt like it spoke to you. And if you guys want me to go more in depth about the actual things that we did and the foods we had, I'm always happy to do so. I wanted to keep it more tangible and not just my life story, but I'll give a short kind of explanation of some of the things that were my absolute favorite for those of you guys that are asking. If you're not interested in the personal pieces of the trip, now you are free to exit out. But I want to go into it just for those of you that have been DMing me. So I will say 100% that my favorite places that we went were Switzerland and Amsterdam. They were unreal specifically Switzerland, Switzerland, um, the Montreux area, Bern, and then also just the whole countryside. We flew into Geneva, and to be honest, I didn't love Geneva, not deterring anybody from going there, especially if you're really into designer stuff, you may really like it, but it was just all super expensive. I mean, Switzerland is very expensive, but Geneva is just like a designer store every single block, and it felt like that was most of what there was to do. So it was okay. It was super beautiful, but the actual mountain towns that we got to explore, we did a scenic train, and that was unreal. It was, I think, the Golden Pass Panorama or something like that. Could not suggest it enough, and then Bern was the cutest town or city. I mean, it's their capital. It's not like it's some small town. So would love to go back to Switzerland and just do a trip there because it's kind of expensive to get around. The food is more expensive. It's definitely more pricey. So I think you'd be better off doing a more dedicated trip and maybe venturing into Germany or France since they're so close by and and quite easy to get to. 
Now, Amsterdam, as I said, was probably my favorite. The second that I got there, I really thought to myself, oh my gosh, this is unwear unlike anything else I have ever seen. And I literally want to move there and live there because I love it so much. The people are really cool there. The architecture is cool. The rivers and the canal, or it's their canals, technically. The canals that they have are really cool. The food is amazing. The nightlife is amazing. Just everything about it. I loved, I did not know that it was such a big biking place, but they literally have, I keep saying literally, I'm sorry. I sometimes use that term when I get very excited, but they have three bikes to every person (laughs) in Amsterdam. So that was really cool to see. I automatically wished once we got there that we had more time there and it was very inexpensive. Our hotel room was super affordable and yet quite nice and very safe area versus some other places, as I said, that were pricier. And I'm not saying it all has to do with price, but at the same time, I mean, if you can go somewhere less expensive, that's great, right? So Amsterdam was the love of my life. (laughs) I feel like there was so much that we didn't get to explore while we were there, but we did some boat tours and museum tours and just food and it was awesome. So loved that that place so much. We will definitely be going back. In terms of Italy, I thought Florence was extremely, extremely cool. I definitely think it would be such a fun area for a romantic kind of vacation, but also it has some incredible sightseeing that you can get to. I will say that both of the places in Italy, especially for the time that we were there in May, were super busy and extremely touristy. And of course, I'm a tourist. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think you get what I'm saying probably where you're in an area and it's just so busy. You know, it's really hard to get around and navigate. And even some restaurants are hard to get into and stuff along those lines. But definitely loved Florence and would want to go back there as well. Did not love Rome, to be honest. I did not dislike it. And there are certainly some very cool historical monuments there and chapels, but just the vibe I wasn't as entranced by. So that doesn't mean that you won't love it, right? Every single place I'm saying, don't don't act like I am the person that is, you know, the the decider of a place, but that's just kind of my two cents on that. And last but not least, London. So London is just so hard because it is massive, you know? It's just so big and We stayed in the Soho area near Covent Garden. The Covent Garden area was incredible. The shows, we went to a show, Frozen, and then Brian and I went to Phantom of the Opera. They were unreal, an incredible experience. I cannot suggest it enough. It was one of the coolest things ever. Loved it. And the food, there were tons of cool places to eat but it is much more pricey in terms of where to stay. I mean, we were staying in the most expensive areas, so keep that in mind. There would definitely be less expensive areas to stay in, but I loved our hotel. We stayed at the Hoxton Holborn, and it was really cool, right? Kind of in the center of everything. I just didn't feel like we had enough time there to really speak on it, and we also knew that 
logistically, London is the easiest place for us to get back to. You can take a direct flight into London from Austin. So we didn't feel as if we needed the time there as much as other places, but we explored as much as we can. We went to the the big kind of things that you want to see. And we went to Dishoom. So many of you guys recommended Dishoom to me. It's an Indian restaurant. It's amazing. Okay. It is worth all of the hype. I was worried about it because so many people recommended it. And I was just thinking to myself, can it really be that good? But it was, it was really that good. I will say it gets crazy busy. So I would either make a a reservation before the 545 mark when they cut off or walk in around lunchtime because the line when it was around 5 p.m. And I think this was on a Saturday. So do keep that in mind. But it was so long, probably, I mean, no joke, hundreds of people in the line. It was wild. So I do think London's really cool. And I also felt like one of my most proud moments on this trip was my packing. So I packed in a carry-on and I was kind of under the impression that I just needed to try to stick to basics and that's not the thing I'm always good at, okay? I'm always the person that wants to bring every single thing in my freaking suitcase and it's a disaster, all right? So essentially, I can't remember exactly what I brought. If people actually want to know, it's not like I'm some fashion (laughs) blogger, but if people actually want to know, you can let me, you can DM me or message me. But I brought like black jeans, blue jeans, black trousers, and those are the, oh, and then linen beige pants. And I traveled in those and used them as kind of like my sweatpants just for some comfort. And they came in handy when we were in Italy and it was really hot. And then I had three white t-shirts a white tank top, a black tank top, a black t-shirt, a black tube top for kind of like going out or more casual vibe that way. Then I had a black blazer, a brown long coat, and a white like fluffy shirt, like a flouncy kind of blouse shirt, and then a black dress. And those were the only things that I brought, oh, and sorry, two sweaters, one white sweater, one cream and striped sweater. And then I had slip-on shoes, like those loafers. It wasn't loafers though. It's like slip-on, I can't remember the name, mules. I don't know. Black boots and white sneakers. So that was everything that I packed. And I just had lots of different sunglasses and jewelry Honestly, it was perfect. I wore every single thing that I had in my suitcase. I did not bring enough underwear. (laughs) I had to get more. So I don't know how I did that because most girls know the cardinal rule. You always bring enough. But I just underestimated how sweaty it would be in freaking Italy and how many times I would have to change. Uh, But yeah, I wore every single thing that I had. I did a lot of mix and matching, basically, where you just match the different pants, or I would layer on top of the dress or change the shoes, but I do wish that I had taken out the kind of, like, slip-on mules that I had and put in another pair of tennis shoes. Granted, I would have had to buy those because I did not have another pair of cute tennis shoes that I would have wanted to bring, but if I had changed it, that's what I would do because we were not on, like, a leisurely vacation where you were relaxing and would need those kind of slip-on shoes. We were walking 
everywhere. So you can imagine how it just would make more sense to have had that. But there were so many different highlights to the trip that I could talk through and yet I don't want to spend all day talking your guys's ear off about the different things that we did. If you do have more questions, you can always feel free to let me know. I did have someone ask if we had a travel advisor plan the trip for us. We did not because I went on this trip specifically because my brother is studying abroad there and my dad was going out for work. And so his work had this itinerary already for him to go to all these places. So we basically tacked on. And I will say some of the travel we did was not as ideal. The Switzerland add-in was a little awkward within the travels. Um, and that added up like some of the prices and just that portion for getting those flights into Switzerland and then out of Switzerland. But other than that, it was a pretty natural progression, and I would definitely say that if you're doing something so in-depth, hiring a travel advisor could be very much so worth it, because I don't know how I would have known exactly where to go if we didn't have somewhat of an outline or even just deciding where to go. You know, that in itself would have been really hard, so... Thank you for listening to my little personal portion, and hopefully you enjoyed it if you did stick around for this. I'm really excited about some of the upcoming episodes that we have. We have Cool Skull Team coming. We have the episode on Millie G Fit coming, Seed Oils. There's some really awesome ones coming. I can't wait to record them all for you. As always, if you have any episode requests, there's a link in the show notes to be able to request an episode and fill out your thoughts. Always feel free to DM me. My Instagram is below and also live unrestricted. It is closing out for this May round. You may be able to sneak in right when you're listening to this. So I would definitely apply, get ready to go into summer so that you don't feel like you're constantly stressed about your body. And then you'll be able to go through the holidays without that added stress of all of that stuff. So thank you guys again for being here and I will see you next week.